Hello and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lunch with Lisa. I'm Lisa Warner. I am the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. And today we have a special guest for lunch. We have Amanda Elise Love with us today. Amanda is a registered holistic nutritionist who teaches women how to cook simple but delicious allergy-friendly healthy meals, and to integrate a holistic approach to mind, body, and spirit. Amanda, welcome. Thank you for having me, Lisa. You're welcome. So what what got you into this line of work? That's like a deep question. (laughs) I feel like this is such a deep question. It's like, where do I start? I was actually... I was telling somebody this yesterday. I was like, I was born six weeks early. Um, Right away, I was automatically, like, sick. And, like, uh, my grandmother actually told me recently, she's like, oh, did you know that you actually stopped breathing when you were a baby? Because your parents, like, the machine that was beeping and everything like that, they just didn't want to use the machine that you came home with. And they went out and she's like, oh, I had to do CPR and do all that audio. So like right away I was very, and she said she had never done that. And she was a nurse and everything like that at the time. And so I'm 32. So that was 32 years ago. Um, But yeah, I was just a constant, constant sick. I was sick, sinus infection, immune system. Um. My parents divorced when I was six years old. So, mm-hmm. and right away, my dad started dating someone, and she actually was pregnant with her second child and going through a divorce. And he married her like a year after and stuff like that. So, from eight to like almost 14 years old, there was a lot, a lot of trauma. And I, and people are like, was it abusive? It's not abusive. It was emotional. It was a lot of emotional trauma. I feel like Uh, a lot of lectures. Um, My sister and I had hours and hours and hours upon lectures. Uh, The courts got involved that last year. And I was the oldest out of the four kids. I have one sister and she's two years younger. And my sister would be like, Amanda, don't speak up. You're going to get it. You'll get us in trouble. So a lot of times I was the one getting in trouble and I was the one like missing things. And then the other kids would get to go out or like I was the one who was the one who was always like staying in the corner. And I had never 
ever been like a troubled child, never got in trouble in school, very good child. Uh, so I had to suppress my emotions and that's what I tell people. I suppress my emotions and I feel like that's why when we eventually moved out of Arizona, I mean, out of California to Arizona, um, I was still sick every four to six weeks. And so then eventually I got through high school, but school was never easy for me. I had learning difficulties, reading, writing, math, nothing came easy, got held back at one point. And I decided personal training was my passion. So I went into that, completed a six month course. And then that's when at 20 years old, I like two weeks later after I completed that program, I turned 20 and they were like, and I was all of a sudden, I just couldn't get off the couch. I was in so much pain. I was so fatigued. I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And that's really where my, a big part of my story starts. But like, that was hard. I bet. It, I mean, <laughs> I think your, your story is so poignant because suppressing our emotions, you know, we bottle them up inside. So we end up embodying those emotions and we carry them around in our cellular structure. And then they start crystallizing into form in our bodies. Yeah, I agree that like, I feel like I was just bottling. I look back now and I'm like, I can see why I was so sick. I was sick every week um, at one point because that last year, my uh, the course got evolved. Instead of every Sunday uh, that we would go to my dad's from like eight to whatever six o'clock, it was every other weekend. But I was would stress myself out so much, and like we would have to spend the night. So that was a difference. Um, it was like Saturday morning to Sunday night. That was the difference. Um, and I was so afraid. I I still have memories of like, there was a blue van and a gold van. My dad did the gold van and my stepmom had the blue van. And my, I don't tell, I don't say this to me, me but my stepmom was very like, not very nice. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that a lot about people at all. Uh, but like, like just the anxiety like looking out my childhood bedroom and seeing which van was there was a lot of anxiety for me. And I actually was like, I'm not going out. I would not go out. Some weekends I would just not go out, but my sister would actually go. Yeah, that's a lot of trauma. You know, as humans, we take a lot of abuse. There's so much emotional abuse, so much um, physical abuse. You know, it's, we've never been taught, you know, hurt people hurt people. So we just keep perpetuating these cycles of abuse. And, you know, until we learn how to start clearing those things out, you know, we're going to just keep getting more and more of the same. And those things definitely turn into 
disease in our body. I honestly, I feel like it's, it's definitely a disease in our body because we're so anxiety. It's like so much and we're so stressed out. Um, a big thing was my mom and grandma were like, okay, when you come home, cause we, me and my sister, Chloe, uh, we were so stressed out, like, and we were so tense and stuff like that. So we would have like cookies. We would have our, like a bath. Like they really tried to make us feel like we were hurt and stuff like that. And that's a big thing. I felt like they knew how bad it was over there. And that's why they got us out of California. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have a family member, an aunt, and she was like, she told me she's like at my sister's wedding, and this was seven years ago, and she like didn't live in California, so she didn't know like wasn't around it. But she told me as I was leaving from my sister's wedding, she's like, I'm so sorry that my brother didn't stand up for you and didn't like do what he was supposed to do. And I was like, and that was really shocking to me to hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when we have all of these traumas and dramas and we, you know, we've never been taught how to clear these things out, you know, let them go and, you know, be able to move beyond them, you know, it, so you ended up with fibromyalgia, didn't you? Yeah, I ended up with fibromyalgia uh, 10 months after I turned 20 years old. It was in October, and it'll be 12 years mm-hmm. coming up, which is amazing. Yeah, so I know that, you know, people with fibromyalgia that, you know, have, that have received that diagnosis, a lot of times they live with it for years and years. And a lot of times the doctors don't know don't know what to do. They they kind of are at a loss. They try lots of different drugs and right. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So what was your experience with that? Oh, I had a big experience with like trying all this stuff. Um, I went to the top one of the top rheumatology places. So this was in Mesa, Arizona. And they're like, well, your granddaughter's probably depressed. And of course, at 20 years old, you're, you're depressed uh, because you can't walk. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't move. I could walk, but I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't take a shower. It was so painful mm-hmm. I didn't, and stuff like that. So, of course, I was depressed. And I knew they were saying something about me because I walked out of the room and I asked my grandmother. But... They were like, well, you should be on some medication. Looking back, now looking back, I've looked up that medication. It's for depression and stuff like that. It's an antidepressant. Um, at 20 years old, you put, a, you put someone who is totally normal. I've never been overweight, but fibromyalgia is not an overweight issue, but like mm-hmm. I look completely normal, but you've tested me for fibromyalgia just by this like touching all the trigger points and stuff like that but your that's your only suggestion is medication and then the second suggestion was physical therapy and 
I did that probably, I think I did that for like six weeks. So I did weights, which I had just done that personal training program. So what's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Looking back, that's laughable to me. And I actually did swimming also. But the only thing I remember that was nice was like they put like warm towels on your body after you do the physical therapy. That was relaxing. But I just would come out and I just, I was just falling. I was so much pain. I was just crying. And my grandmother would drive us home. And like, that was the one thing, two things I did. But the second thing, I mean, after that, we were like, well, what else should we do? Right next door was like a pain management place. And they were like, well, you could do two, three treatments. Actually, I did two out of three. But they're like, well, shoot this huge needle into your back, your neck, your shoulders, and all of this. And that's supposed to help with the pain. That's supposed to help with everything. And of course, you're awake and you're in like a hospital gown. But the blood sugar would crash. They're like, well, you have to have cookies and juice to raise that back up. And my grandmother was like, no, you're not going to do a third treatment. And so I didn't do a third treatment. Wow. Yeah. Don't you love how they call them hospital gowns? Like to try to make those things sound more appealing. <laughs> I don't, I've never really, so I've never done like, I've never been in the hospital or anything like that. That's the only time probably I've worn something, but it's like, it's not very nice, especially as a girl. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I was only 20 years old at the time. So. Yeah. I mean, it's really, when we stop and really look at what the medical system is like, and how they actually treat us, we start to realize that it's really not about healing. They don't really provide an an environment in which healing can happen. They provide a very stark um, degrading and, you know, very fear-based environment. And we can't heal in that type of environment. So, so how did you end up healing yourself from your fibromyalgia? Um, so I actually, my grandmother, the following year, she was, she found a little newspaper clipping and it said wellness talk by wellness chiropractor. And he was 10 minutes away in like Gilbert, Arizona. And she went to his talk. I, after the talk, he was like, well, if you're a granddaughter has fibromyalgia at 20 years old she's been very very sick a very long time and I always say this my grandmother said a light bulb went off in her head and she was like oh he really really gets it Mm -hmm. and so I actually found out that I had food sensitivities highest in his practice at the time a gluten sensitivity not celiac both parents gave me that gene. I also have a really high soy sensitivity, egg sensitivity, dairy sensitivity. And that's coming up on 10 years that I've been off of those foods. It'll be in July. Um, and that's a big thing. 
I worked with him for eight months and I did the chiropractic stuff. He did saliva testing. He did stool testing and stuff like that. But a lot of times your regular doctors aren't going to test you for food sensitivities. It's just mm -hmm. not going to happen. Yeah. So this obviously put you on your path of becoming a, nut a holistic nutritionist. Yeah, it really, it put me on the path. But the funny thing is like, I've been asked like, okay, yeah, did that put you on the path? But also the fact that like, I always loved nutrition. So I love nutrition ever since I was 10, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always knew food was important. It was just, which one do I choose, fitness or nutrition at that, at that point? If, at that point during high school, never played sports. So that was different because I was like, well, I want to do weights. What girl wants to do weights? And I'm small, so I'm only 5'2". So like, who wants to do weight training? But that's what I wanted to do. Um, cool. And... After I, during the personal training program, I was, I got a hundred hours of just nutrition, but I was like, I want, I love this. I want to do more with it. And, but I just couldn't do it for a couple of years because I was dealing with those health issues, mm -hmm. but I just love nutrition and it's not a one size fits all approach. That's what I tell people. Oh, I love that. So, so what is your approach to nutrition? My approach to nutrition is based on the person. So like what I'm dealing with as someone who's 32 and stuff is not what someone's dealing with who's in their 60s or what who's what's their someone who's dealing with. Let's say I'll I'll give an example. My sister just had her second baby. So what she needs is not the same. So why do we feel like I think it's a society thing where we are like, oh, I should do this diet. It's like, or this diet. It's like, what is sustainable to you? Can you have, do you, maybe you're the type who loves to eat healthy, or maybe you want to eat healthier, but you still want to have like some treats a, a couple of times a week. So what works for your body might not work for my body. Like we're all in different stages. I feel like a lot of times, okay, somebody might be dealing with sleep issues. Okay. So what works for you might not work for me. Like there's different things that you do. Um, relationships. Okay. I have different relationships than my sister, right? So like she's married, she has kids. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I'm not dating anyone. So like things like that, that's different, right? So our environment, what, where we're living in the world plays a part too. Like I'm in Texas, so it's extremely hot in Texas during the summer. So I need to drink more water than somebody who's in a colder climate, right? So I think that's the big thing is realizing it's not a one size fits all approach and that 
Like that's why I do one-on-one consultations is because I want to know, okay, what are you dealing with right now? And where maybe we need to focus on, not just, okay, the latest fad is so is not me. Yeah, exactly. There's there's so much misinformation out there you know, about all these different types of diets and you know. Red wine is great for you, says the people that produce red wine. And coffee is fabulous for you, says the people that produce the coffee. (laughs) We have all of these different messages coming at us all the time. And it's really difficult to discern amongst all of the noise out there. So how do you help somebody to discern what's right for their body? I like, I help people discern what's right for their body. It's like, Okay, doing a health history and seeing, okay, where, where, what do we need to try? Um, I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, it's about exercise. Exercise doesn't play that big of a part of your, like, whole day. I love exercise. Like, I'm the, I'm the one, somebody's, I had a friend, she's like, I don't really like to exercise, but I just do it anyway. For me, it's just like my relaxing release I don't uh but I'm not normal but most people don't like exercise uh (laughs) but like for me personally I'm just like I think the thing is also is a lot of times people's mindset plays a big part too okay is your mindset in the right place to to make these changes maybe you need to wait a couple months right um that's a big thing I think that's like the number one thing I tell people is mindset is number one. Uh, Like, I feel like, have you dealt with your trauma is a big thing too. You could eat, I could, I personally could eat perfect and like eat as good as I want. But if I am stressed out, I'm sad, then that's, I'm going to go off a little bit and that's okay to go off. You don't have to be perfect during those times when you're stressed out or sad, but don't make it like, don't go off so far that you can't come back. And that's the thing, right? Uh, Dealing with those traumas, dealing with losses that maybe you didn't see coming and you're like, okay, I didn't see this coming, but I'm going to deal with it. So then I'm not going to reach for that cookie I'm not going to reach for that cake and stuff like that. Yeah. So how did you end up resolving your fibromyalgia? What was it that finally worked? Um, I feel like what finally worked was getting off those foods, but like staying off of it. Also, uh, supplements helped. Dealing with trauma was telling my story and stuff like that. It's so funny. I just did something recently and I thought I was like, and they told me, one of the girls told me back, she's like, oh, you keep saying like, you felt like you have dealt with this. And you, there's other layers to your trauma, right? It's not, it's not, it's gonna, sometimes it's not revealed to you right away and stuff, but just like, 
trying different things out. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's something else. My thing was like a freedom prayer thing. But figure out, okay, I need help with this. And asking for the help too. Journaling out those traumas, I think is a big thing. Uh, For me recently, I've been dealing with something. And so I'm just journaling it out. I'm like, okay, dear God, why am I going through this? Why do I think I'm going to lose this friendship? Why? What's the underlining reason and stuff like that? Why does this friendship have to go away? Um, But then you also start to realize, okay, there's an underlining reason for some of these things that are happening. Yeah, it's the friendship. Yeah, but it's also... I had been dealing with some loneliness too. So it's also realizing, okay, I've been dealing with loneliness and I got to stop like trying so hard to like make friends. And that was a big thing for me to learn. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really confusing in this society. It's really hard to, to know you know, to be able to meet the like-minded people that are going to really help us and lift us up. And, you know, I, I think that the asking of the questions was a really big thing. You know, what I discovered on my own personal journey was in the beginning, I was asking all of these questions like, why me? Why is this happening to me? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized after a little while, it's like, you know, I really don't need the answers to this. I need the answers to the question of what do I need to know to change this? Like, and I started asking some, some better quality questions of myself. And, you know, when I really got quiet, you know, and got out of the mind where it was running around and around and around, when I got finally to that space of stillness, where when the mind quiets, it's yeah. like the the veil opens up and the wisdom of the soul flows through. And suddenly we start to realize that, oh, I've had the answers all along. I, I agree. And I'm at that. I'm still like, because I have inquisitive mind. So it's hard for me not to stop like asking the question okay, what did I do? Why is this going on and stuff like that? But I think it's like really just quieting your mind and being like, okay, you have the answer. And if that, whatever that you're dealing with, if it's a loss of a friendship or you're just like, I'm confused why I'm in this place in my life, right? You you are like, okay, I could get through this and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, as, as humans, we've never been taught how the universe works. The universe works in very simple, specific ways. And once we start to understand that, like, the universe is reflecting our every belief back to us, every single thing that we believe. It's, it's, we really, it's really something, it's something that we believe, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And we're like, and I'm like, I also realized, I was like, why am I trying so hard and stuff with people? 
why can't I just like sit back and like, if people want to be my friends, be my friends. And as soon as I did that, like I took a step back, then all of a sudden, like all these people came out of like the woodwork, like wanting to do things with me. And I was like, so I thought I had like, so I was like, this was like six weeks ago where I was like, I don't really feel like I have any friends here. And I've been trying, trying, trying so, so hard. Mm. And I think that stems from like childhood of me just trying to be good and trying so hard and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And now all of a sudden, like people are like coming out of the woodwork and I'm like, I don't like a lot of them are just new people, but like two of my friends, like were like, one of my good friends was like, I'm going to, you need to get out. We need to do things more together. So he's done a lot of stuff and he's been like the greatest friend that I've had here. But like, just like realizing, okay, I'm not alone and stuff like that is a big thing and realizing I don't have to try so hard with people. If they want to be my friend, then they'll be my friend. Exactly. You know, a lot of times that, you know, with that striving energy, we end up, it's like we're, we're reaching and we're reaching and we end up actually pushing them away because our energy is, is reaching out so much. And then when we stop doing that, then they can come to us, which is super fun. You know, and the, the universe kind of works in that way. The universe is always matching our energy. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was like, I was going to all the networking events. I was doing two churches at one point, so that was exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I was volunteering. I was just doing everything. And I just went like, I hit a breaking point where I was like, I can't. I can't. I so I took a lot of things off my plate right now, so I don't have too much going on right now because I was like, I gotta step back and like spend more time with myself, just yes. being quiet and like going for walks and like with God and like just taking a step back. Um, and with this person, I don't know if I'm gonna talk to this person again. It's it's an interesting situation, but like what I realized was like, I was putting him like into this place that he shouldn't be and stuff because I was trying to fill this void that and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's up to us to fill our own voids, you know, right. that space inside it's, you know, being able to go in and just like you're doing, I'd love that, that you're just, you're getting quiet you're going within and it's that's the ability to start connecting with the soul we are the soul but you know when we have all of these traumas and dramas from childhood the yeah. soul kind of gets knocked out of the body you know right. life hits us upside the head and bam the soul gets knocked out and now then we're just we're the body and the mind but the soul is like off somewhere else it's just because we've gotten knocked out of our own body and when we get quiet and we start to focus inside and we start to focus on who we really are 
it yeah. starts bringing that soul back in and starts making that quiet still space for that soul to come in and that's when the healing really starts to happen and it's interesting because i'm like looking back at the last like six weeks i'm like i knew this is supposed this was supposed to happen and stuff like that um even though it's a little confusing i'm like okay it was supposed to happen because i was going to that person for things instead of i should have been going to god for stuff like that and looking inside myself and being like okay i don't need this person for advice for not it wasn't a lot of stuff but it was just some stuff i don't always need that person's advice and stuff like that and so that person was like a cheerleader for me mm -hmm. and like i don't have that person now so that's an interest like i don't have a person like that now so mm -hmm. that's like a interesting thing to realize I'm like, oh, yeah, he was a cheerleader for me. But realizing it's okay, like, if that person, if we don't talk again, but also realizing I could do things that on myself, I can make decisions, I can figure things out. But also, like, just taking time and not filling up my time with, like, all the things I think is also a big thing. Like I've taken so much off my plate where I'm, and it's weird. Cause I'm like, I don't feel like I'm bored. I don't feel anything like that. And that's a big thing. Cause I think a lot, like when I first moved here, like I just did so much because I was like, I need people. I need to meet people. I'm lonely. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'll do the thing. But I'm not going to do something if I don't enjoy it. And that's a big thing, too. For certain. We're coerced and convinced that we have to do all of these things that we don't enjoy. Yeah. And we don't. Yeah. And I love what you're what you're saying about you're starting to realize that you already have all of the answers inside. Yeah, I was doing things and I realized like I was doing a back in January like I was doing a bible study and I just was like why am I doing this like I don't enjoy doing this I don't like the format for one thing but like from September up to January I did all the things like I went to all the young adult things like I did all of that stuff I went to the all the movie nights I went to all of that and you realize, like, sometimes I'm so serious about, like, what I believe that I'm like, and it's hard for me to realize, okay, there's only a few people, even though it's like 30 something people, you only see the same few people at events. So it's hard to like, be like, okay, how do I get to know people? And then I'm like, I don't even know, <laughs> like, if I care. And it's not like I am the type of person who I love, I love people and I love getting to know people, but I was like, this isn't right. Like, I just don't feel right doing this Bible study. It just doesn't fit me. And I'm bored. I'm bored. And like, that's a big thing too. Um, there were some great people and stuff like that, but like, I just have a different personality than a lot of people, I feel like. So that's a big thing too, is learning to be okay 
with the fact that I do a lot of interviews. I do my podcast. So I'm more open than a lot of girls are. I think that's the thing I've learned. And also even guys. I mean, guys are more open, I feel like, but even that it's it's hard too. For certain. Yeah, it's really, really important to be able to listen to ourselves, to take that inner guidance when something doesn't feel in alignment. It's okay to say no. It's actually our duty to say no, because it's our soul saying, hey, there's a different direction that you, we need to be going here. So um, the ability to, to listen to that inner guidance is so crucial. So good job for you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's so funny because you say that because I was actually, um, I don't know when we, I interviewed you for my podcast, but like at one point I was just like, I'm done. Uh, I was doing two different churches just because I was like, okay, well, I don't feel right at this one church. And this was late December. And I've been going there since like July, since I had moved. And like the first couple months I enjoyed it, like, but I was only enjoying the children's ministry. I wasn't enjoying like the pastor's worship. I wasn't enjoying the young adults. I wasn't enjoying any of that. Uh, but that is the best way. That's one of the, like, I have my two best friends here is through that church. So I am understand why I had to go to that church, but I signed up for a leadership class at this other church and they're like, okay, you want to come to Sunday mornings? And I was doing volunteering at the same time at the other church. So they're both down the street from me. So I'd go to one church and then I would do the other church. So like I did that for like five weeks. And then I got four or five weeks, I think. And then I was just like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to serve. And then the second week, the children's minister lady was like, well, is something wrong? Because I said no to decline. I declined serving. And she, and she was like, well, I was like, I'm just, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm burnt out. Mm. And She's like, oh, of course, because I pretty much was serving every single week. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. And from like 8.30 to 1 o'clock, like, was, it's a lot. Because you go to this church and you go to service, right? And I think the biggest thing was like, okay, I served last. She's like, oh, can you help, like, serve uh, with the kids Easter Sunday? And it was very interesting to me. And I didn't feel like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't feel a pull to go back to doing it. And that was a big thing for me because I was like, I thought, oh, I would not want to go back and I'm just going to take a short little break. But I don't feel like a pull to go back to doing that. And that's a big thing. And also the fact that I was doing, I was depending on the week, I was doing it like a couple other times during the week also with the kids and stuff like that. So it wasn't just the once one Sunday, like it was like several times a week, depending on the week, like two to four times a week. And 
I was like, I just got to go right to the volunteering part. So, I mean, I still do the kids, but it's not like over like too much. Right. And mm-hmm. I just felt like, okay, I got to make a change. And I'm very good at listening to like what I feel and intuition and stuff. So like when I went to that new church, I'm like, okay, this feels better. This feels more what I need and stuff like that. But I still didn't, I was like, I don't really know if this is the right church, but like something happened like two weeks ago where I'm like, okay, I think this is the right church. Nice. The universe always gives us the the confirmations. It'll always give us the nudges. You know, when we start to really ask the questions, we always get the answers. Yeah. are always inside. Yeah, I think I got the answer when I was, I was like, oh, I realized, I was like, okay, I did this. I loved the leadership class. I loved, um, I did this prayer freedom thing. So I got some memories coming came up with my dad and stuff like that did some forgiveness stuff which I had never like done before Mm -hmm. and then I'm probably going to do it again next month but also the fact that I realized I'm like that's interesting like people I don't even know like I'm crying with them and Mm -hmm. I'm like that's interesting because like the other church I was there for like seven months I didn't cry with anybody and I'm like, now I've cried like three times at that church. And I've only been there for two and a half months. So like getting confirmation about that. Um, going to actually just enjoying what the pastor was talking about also makes a big difference, I think. Because like the other church, for whatever reason, I just was not like into the messages and stuff. And sometimes they would say things that just would rub me the wrong way I was like yeah um so just like the messages um there's a discipleship school that sounds really interesting that I'm probably going to apply to in the next month so like just things like that where it's like okay it takes steps but like where am I it's coming together right beautiful So, you know, all of these things are part of our healing journey when, you know, the ability to start to listen to ourselves, to start tuning into our inner guidance, to have the ability to say no to the things that are are misaligned and the ability to say yes to the things that, that feel good so that we can start becoming the version of ourselves that we truly want to be. Because healing really is all about becoming the version of ourself that is already healed. I yeah, and I think it's also the fact that we need it. We don't need to fill up our time with everything too. Precisely, because Great it's point. a lot of because you're filling up loneliness really, and it's stuff like that. You're just filling it up with people and stuff. And can you actually take a step back and be like, okay, I could be with myself and that's okay. Like I could spend time with myself and that's okay. I don't have to, and this is my thing. I have to, I've really 
work on and stuff, it's okay to watch a TV show. Like I don't, I'm not a huge TV person mm-hmm. and I'm not a person who relaxes easily. So taking time for a walk is good or watching a TV show or even staying up later than normal. I stayed up to midnight just because I was watching a basketball game. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's okay because I'm giving myself permission for that. And like, it's okay to have a guilty pleasure or whatever. That's my thing. But like, it's okay. You don't always have to be so strict with your schedule and stuff like that. You could sleep in and stuff like that because I'm super hard on myself. So just giving myself permission to be like, okay, it's okay. You don't have to get 20 things done or you don't have to have your place like spotless or clean or whatever. It's like a big thing too. Exactly. You know, being gentle on ourselves, learning to love ourselves, to respect our our own needs, to respect our own desires and wishes, you know, to be able to be okay with ourselves is the most important part of healing because it's the dis-ease is when we're living as not ourselves. Yeah. And this society really forces us into these patterns of being not ourselves. So I love this story. I love that you are really starting to tune in and that you've, you have learned how to overcome these things that so many people say you can't overcome it. You how you're stuck with it for the rest of your life, or we don't know what to do. Um, I hate that. I hate that whole me- mentality of like, mm-hmm. oh, like there's nothing to do. There's not any answers. It's like you got to look to yourself and be like, no, I'm not going to live my life 30, 50 years. I could. I always tell people, I'm like. If I didn't have that grandmother pushing for me to get well, she passed, uh, it'll be coming up two years. But if I didn't have that grandmother, where would I be now? Probably sick on 10 different medications, 20 medications. And that's a big thing. A lot of people with fibromyalgia, they just get on tons of medications and then it's just a slippery slope, right? And like that too. So what are you doing to get better? It's like, it's the big thing. Relationships, food, supplements, your environment. Um, My environment last year that I was living in wasn't the healthiest. So I moved to Austin, Texas. Mm. And I now am like, I have no family. I have no friends. And so that was just a big change in itself. So I've gone through so many changes and I'm only 32, and, but it teaches you, though, you could overcome any challenges that is thrown your way. Exactly, yeah, and we're here to be able to overcome those challenges, and to actually clear those challenges out, so we can start living an unchallenging life. We don't need to be challenged by life, We're here to be able to enjoy our lives. And when we can start listening to ourselves, since childhood, we've all been taught, listen to your mother, listen to your father, listen to your teacher, listen to your doctor, listen to the preacher, listen to... Listen to your friend. Right? But we're not 
taught to listen to ourselves. And the healing really comes when we start listening to ourselves and we stop listening to all the guidance, the external guidance, the world that wants to to guide us in their direction. But other people's directions are not our direction. And to be able to sit and tune in to what is your soul song? What did your soul come here to do? What's your gift to the world? What's your piece of the puzzle? What are the things that you love to do? Because when we start following those things, that's following the soul's path. And healing just happens when we start doing that. So I agree. I think we need to realize, okay, what is what do we want to do? How are we gonna live our lives? And I also we don't need to say yes to everything. It's a big thing. Um, I think that was my problem was that I was just saying yes to everything because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to not have something to do and stuff like that. So I would say yes to things. And I said yes to, like, I went last weekend, I went to, my friend was like, oh, we'll do a game night at his house. So we did a game night and that was with two of his coworkers. And that was a blast. That was so much fun. But then the next night he's like, well, I know a bunch of people and he didn't really know them and stuff like that. But it was like an other game night type of thing. And for me, I was a little like, okay, I'm bored. And I'm like, it's 12 people. I don't know any of these people. I just know you. And these games are a little, they're not, they're just a little out there. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to do this again. Like, and stuff like that. So it's just learning. It's like, okay, what lights you up? What is fun to you? and stuff like that um like joint going to a like a group thing with 12 different people and I don't know these people and I'm not going to become friends with these people that doesn't sound that's not fun to me uh but if it's like like you and like two other people and I don't know those people but I can still like talk with those people and that's more fun to me smaller groups are more fun doesn't mean I don't like networking. I love networking. I love stuff like that. But it's realizing, okay, I don't have to say yes to everything just because a friend asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like we say yes to the things that, 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 like you say, start to light us up. You know, mm-hmm. this world makes us dim our light. All the fear, the doubt, the guilt, the shame, all of the things that happen to us from this, from the external world that cause us to dim our light. And that's where all the problems start. And then when we start to turn our light back on, do the things that truly light us up, give us joy, give us pleasure, allow us to express ourselves freely. That's where all that beautiful healing happens. And I feel like a lot of it is heal. It's also healing to 
take things off your plate too because then you're like oh I could roll just relax my body and do things like taking volunteering off I was like okay that's and when I took it off right away I was like okay well I'll do some cooking or I'll just relax or I'll go for a walk or do something and now like my weekends have gotten less like busy but I'm like I don't feel like I need to fill up it with activities if I have something on a Saturday night that's great or a Friday night or whatever but it's not like I don't have to always be like have my whole Sunday totally take it and that was the biggest thing was like it was a lot of time from getting up to like going to church to volunteer that just took up a lot of time where then the rest of the day you're just sort of like okay I'm a little tired and stuff like that and you don't want to do as much other things so just like being like okay it's okay to relax and I, you don't have to do something three four times a night and stuff like that it could just twice a week is fine or whatever it doesn't have to be go 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 exactly the ability to create and hold space for ourselves yeah you know is so incredibly important clearing out our energy field of all the clutter all the noise all the confusion all the commotion and just clearing that out so we can simply be yeah that's a big thing is like clearing out the clutter mm-hmm. and it might it might be just like activities and stuff, but then you're also asking yourself, well, why am I filling up this time so much? What's what's going on and stuff and realizing that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you might have to clear out some relationships and stuff like that. If you're giving so much into that relationship and and they say something like, well, you're probably giving more into this relationship than I am, then that's a sign too, that you need to step back from that relationship. And that's just from my personal experience also. But like looking at the relationships and being like, okay, I'm your relationships that are in person might be a little more important than the people that you don't get to see all the time. And that's okay. It's you have different relationships, you have friendships, you have your family, depending on your family, maybe you're close to them. Maybe you're not. Uh, You have people not, you have business acquaintances, not every, you have church friends, you have work friends. And not all of those friends are going to be your best friend. And you can't put them into a category that they don't want to be in. Exactly. Beautifully said. So, Amanda, what, what advice would you give our listeners today for creating health for themselves? Taking, I feel like best thing to do for like creating health is like it's great to change what you're eating and stuff like that and that's a big thing that I help people do but I think a lot of this conversation was talking about is like 
taking steps back and be like, okay, I need to clear out stuff. I need to look at why I'm doing this. Okay. Am I doing this because it lights me up and it's a fun thing to do? Or do I just do this because I'm bored or I'm lonely or I can't say no to somebody, right? So, and looking at those relationships and be like, okay, does this person give me energy? Does this person drain my energy? Or maybe I'm putting too much pressure on this certain person to be something that they're not. And that's also a big thing too. So just realizing okay, if you had everything, all your stuff taken away, can you be okay with just being by yourself and stuff like that? Can you be okay with not having anything to do for a couple of days? Can you relax? We don't need to fill our lives with like stuff, stuff, stuff. If that's, that's not going to bring us joy no matter what. Exactly. So you have a podcast that you've got over 120 episodes already. Congratulations yeah, on that. You. What's the name of your podcast? Uh, so I just changed it. It's Physical Emotional Health Secrets with Amanda Love. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And where can people find you? Uh, so everybody can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's Amanda Elise Love. Beautiful. Uh, and if people, so if people are looking to reach out to you, is that the best place to find them? How do they find uh, Yeah, they can reach me out to me on Facebook or Instagram, or you could actually email me, which is also amandaleeslove at gmail.com. Beautiful. So Amanda, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your inspiration, your sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. You're welcome. It's definitely my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast. That was really fun. I super enjoyed it. So I'm glad that we could do that this here today as well. Me too. Beautiful. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And we will look forward to you again, seeing you again next week on another episode of Lunch with Lisa. I'm Lisa Warner. I am the author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. So until next week, create for yourselves a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit ConnectingYouToYou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.